Welcome to Rhode Island's Church and State Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Jessica. We're a husband and wife podcast. He's a pastor and I'm a state senator. So you've been warned. We're about to talk politics and religion. And anything else that might get us canceled. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Church and State. How are you doing, Jess? Doing great. Wow, great. Not amazing? Fantastic. Fantastic. Not incredible? All right. Anyways, uh, today Jess and I are talking about a gambling contract that's been in the news actually for quite some time. I, I remember hearing about it over the, the summer of, I think, summer, maybe fall of last year. It's kind of always been percolating and it looks like it's working its way through the General Assembly. I know for many people, this may not be the most exciting topic. Jessica, you were campaigning. How many times were you asked about this issue in the thousands of doors that you knocked on? Uh, not many. Not many. Maybe five. Maybe. So it wasn't on the radar for a lot of people, but do you think that's because they don't care, or do you think it's just they don't know it, or they don't understand it? They don't know enough about it, and I don't think that um, you know they understand it because I have had to do a lot of research, and I, I didn't know much about it. Mm-hmm. So this episode, we're going to take the opportunity to give some information to the voters so they understand why this 20-year casino deal is a very bad deal. Right. That's good. Um, All right. So let's start with the big picture stuff here. And and we're going to try to keep this uh, light, kind of keep it broad. There are times that we might drill down into some details just because the details are where you see just how painful this can be to our state over, like you said, 20 years. Um, but let's start big picture. Uh, every contract is, is uh, from what I remember taking some law classes back in high school. Uh, every contract is supposed to have a couple of parties. Um, so who are the parties? Who's involved in this, uh, this IGT deal? And, by the, and what does IGT mean? Uh, to, to, uh, yeah, what, who is IGT? What is, you, know, you drive to the Providence Place Mall and you see the IGT logo on the building across the street from the mall. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're... Their full name is International Game Technology, and they're the ones that are going to have the contract with the state of Rhode Island. Okay, and uh, from what I know, as you said, they're they're based, but they're not headquartered in Rhode Island. They're actually a British company, mm-hmm. but uh, they have offices and um, throughout the U.S. I think Las Vegas and now in Providence, Rhode Island, and they seem to be a a, a pretty big player. I mean, their office is is right across the street from the Providence Place Mall, but also across the street from, from the, the from the State House. Yeah. So they're definitely political players. Um, I, last check, they're mandated to employ some, you know, a thousand Rhode Islanders. I think by 2023, they're supposed to have 1,100. So they do employ some Rhode Islanders. They do, but I actually was in committee last mm-hmm. night and we were talking about how, or at least I brought up how they did not meet that requirement and there was no repercussion for it, even though there's supposed to be a monetary fine associated mm. with it. Mm-hmm. So... And, you know, individuals from the organization IGT had said, no, that's not true, but it's been reported that is actually, those numbers haven't been met. Okay. But that was a a a little side note. Side note, but IGT was mandated to make sure that some of the jobs that, um, uh, that, excuse me, IGT was mandated through the contract in order to operate in Rhode Island, they would have to create some jobs, make some jobs or at least make sure some of the work that IGT was doing would happen here in Rhode Island. And that hasn't been 
fully um, that that hasn't been fully met. So that's interesting, and we'll we'll maybe we'll come back to that. But um, but why is the state involved in this? My understanding is that when it comes to gambling, um, our state constitution mandates that the general assembly that the state be the chief gaming operator. Mm-hmm. So some people may say, well, what does the state have to do with this anyways? Well, why isn't this just the free market or private businesses being able to do what they want? Well, we're mandated by the Rhode Island state constitution right. to be involved. So that's why all Rhode Islanders should be paying attention to this, or at least mm-hmm. one reason. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into uh, get into this. Another reason why it's important, this is a pretty big ch- chunk of the, the state's revenue. Yeah, uh, so if you don't know, it's the third largest um, stream of uh, income for Rhode Island. The first is going to be the income tax and the sales tax, um, the first two. Um, what's unusual about this deal is that it's a 20-year contract. Mm. And most states have a much shorter contract, like five years and 10 years, and some even have 15, but um, those are not the norm. They're usually shorter contracts. And I want you to think about what kind of internet did you have 20 years ago? I had AOL dial-up. You know, I could still hear the... <laughs> the dial-up and the ringing. And exactly. Getting booted. Remember those days you get booted off the phone because somebody called you? Yeah. Or my brother was saying, get off the right. internet. I want to call my friend. Right. Yeah. 20 yeah. years ago, a lot has changed. Technology has changed. We didn't have iPhones, smartphones. Uh, think of all the apps that people use nowadays. So the world has changed quite a bit. And for some reason, we... Um, we're tying ourselves to a contract that we just don't know how information and technology is going to develop and change 20 years from now. So that does seem short-sighted. And I feel like a five-year contract would be more sensible. Definitely. Um, Also, you know, I'd insult to injury here. The 20-year contract is a no-bid contract. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but at our house, we always get a couple of bids before we do any work on our sure. house, right? Yeah. If it's working on, you know, getting the driveway paved or putting on a roof or whatever it is, I never go with the first price. Right. Do you name it with anything? No, you know that. We, I mean, you shop around. You're infamous for not even wanting to buy a pair of shoes until you've checked online or you've looked around for it. So you're... Um, uh, you're very, uh, I don't want to say frugal, but you're, you're thrifty and you're smart with how we spend our money as a family. And it's too bad the state didn't adopt that same sort of you know, model. And that, that just seems like a common sense thing, especially when it is, like you said, such a big contract, 20 years, and then not opening it up to, to, uh, to other bids. That's, that's alarming. So in my first uh, year as a freshman senator in 2019, there were two uh, competitors. There was the IGT that we've been talking about, and then there was Twin River. And Twin River was adamantly against the deal. And they were against the deal, but now they're for the deal because they've been brought into the fold. And um, I would say that I was just like going through some old articles before we put together the podcast and putting some notes. And um, in 2019, the Providence Journal, there was an advertisement um, that from Twin River that said, and I quote, the governor is rushing through a secret $1 billion, 20 year, no bid contract or so, no bid deal. So they were already critical of it, but that's because they had no part of it. But now they've been brought into the fold um, and they're going to get some of the goodies of this contract. So now their opposition is muted. They have exactly. withdrawn their opposition because now they are going to benefit from this 20-year, no-bid mm-hmm. deal, no-bid contract. 
but their advertisement didn't end there. It also said that um, they had a website and they said, visit stopnobigdeal.com. Tell your legislator to vote no on this sweetheart deal. When companies compete for the state's business, all Rhode Islanders win. I mean, right. that's... So Twin Rivers opposition, again, highlighted that there was no competition, no mm -hmm. free market approach to this, but it was just one deal given to one company. I feel like we should have learned our lesson. Do you remember the 38 Studios deal? Oh, gosh, that yeah. I mean, you were asked about that and you had, you know, you nothing, had nothing to, to do, do with it. it. Yeah. And it was like, well, I don't know, six years ago or 10 years ago mm -hmm. that, that that happened um, in the state. But people still are angry because they were they felt like, all of this money was carved out of the General Assembly's budget for one company, mm -hmm. um, 38 Studios. And, um, and even though that, that necessarily wasn't, wasn't the case, at least in my, in my recollection. Uh, but here we are. We seem to be doing the exact same thing again, uh, carving out this deal for, for IGT. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's a sweetheart um, web address, by the way. Stopnobigdeal.com. That's that's pretty good. You like that one? Well, it just seems like they they struck gold. Like that's that's a perfect uh, if you're trying to come against the IGT deal. That's a great website. I'm sure the website is down now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no longer operating. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I'm Page sure, unavailable. Uh, right. So it's open up open. I'm sure if you if you're interested in it. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, how can this hurt the state? So obviously, it's it doesn't sound like a good idea for a 20 year contract. Um, you know, look at all of the innovations we've had over the last 20 years, to your point, you know, not even just uh, smartphones and stuff, but Facebook and YouTube and streaming, online gaming, all of that stuff mm -hmm. has blown up. It's in, uh, they're some of the most profitable companies on the S&P 500 and in, 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 in the American um, economy. So uh, 4G, 5G, all of these things have developed in the last 20 years. So 20 years does seem to be um, isolating us uh, or cornering us into this um, into this deal. Yeah. Uh, and can I? Yeah. Go quote, ahead. I have to before we move on. I have to quote an op-ed about the project. And I hate to do this because I don't like to read on um, uh, on the podcast. But I want to just point this out that um, Andrew Klein of the Josiah Bartlett Center, which is a free market think tank, think. think tank, excuse me. He said, he adds that a 20 year contract, regardless of transparency, also raises questions about whether taxpayers are a priority for this deal. Hmm. Let me say that again. It raises questions about whether or not taxpayers are the priority in this deal. Wow. Quote again, setting aside the question of who the vendors are, and what the contract says, the idea of a 20 year contract with a government with the government is a problem particularly for taxpayers, Klein says, it takes the pressure off the vendor to compete and improve. Exactly. And I say it again, it takes the pressure off the vendor to compete and improve. Mm -hmm. Give them a five-year contract and they know that they're going to have to find ways to lower costs and improve quality if they're going to compete. Exactly. That was my exact point. Right. Because 20 years, they just have nothing to lose. You know, they could give you 15 years of terrible service and then turn it on in the last yeah. five years just to make sure they keep you happy and turn and, the corner. And you have short, you know, uh, memory spans, yes. you know. Yeah. If you remember the last five years, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, it was great. Right. Great, great right. work. We're going right. to renew a contract. So this is everywhere you turn. Mm -hmm. Everyone is saying 20 years just 
unheard of. I just, uh, for me, it's, it's that part, you know, 20 years locks you into an agreement with a corporation that you just don't know how they're going to uh, treat you. But I, I really keep coming back to this is really an information or technology based contract. And there's so much that can change in 20 years. I mean, we've had 4G and now 5G added. Mm -hmm. So are we factoring any of these things into this contract? I don't think so. It doesn't sound like it. No. The other issue uh, is the no bid, right? Mm -hmm. We should be getting bids. Yeah. Um, in 2019, Scientific Games, they said they would like to have been uh, part of the bidding process. And they're a competitor of IGT. But... Scientific Games is one of the largest um, electronic game suppliers in the world. Right, right. And had they been able to bid on that, I'm sure it would have been a very competitive bid that would have been much better for the taxpayer, for right. the citizens, the residents of Rhode Island. You know, it just goes back to you've, you've always made the analogy that our state budget should be reflected like a family budget, that we would, if you were, if we were doing renovations or we're buying a car, we're going to get multiple bids or we're going to shop around for the best deal. And why our state did not do that in this case and is potentially leaving the taxpayer on the hook for tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of extra dollars in costs. That's uh, that's alarming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other issue that we're facing is that we're possibly overpaying. Um, for the video lottery terminals, which people call VLTs. Okay. So if you don't know what a VLT is, it is a video lottery terminal. Now, if I, because if I, I haven't been in a casino in years ever. Well, I guess maybe when we were on a cruise, there was a casino. So we walked yeah. through that a lot. But yeah. I mean, we. People we, pulling the slots. We're not big casino people. No, we're not. You and I. But I guess the, they're not the slots where like the, the thing is rotating inside the uh, machine. These are strictly like a screen. You're looking at a video yeah. screen. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And um, so we're just looking at the numbers. We're trying to compare ourselves to other states to see what do other states do. And, um, you know, for Pennsylvania, they leased um, 2,700 machines. 27,000 machines. 1,000, you're 27,000 right. machines yep. at a cost of $3.6 million. Mm -hmm. And then for Rhode Island, we're leasing 52 hundred machines for 12.7 million right so that's uh like a fifth as many machines for four times the cost say it again yeah that's a fifth as many of the machines yes but we're paying four times the cost four times the cost i don't know how that's justified that alone is is shocking to me you know how pennsylvania clearly they put it out to bid and tried to get the most competitive deal possible Yet Rhode Island did not do the same sort of uh, due diligence. And we took this deal just overpaying a ridiculous uh, amount for these machines. I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. And then you had mentioned also like there's a lease and and versus buying. Mm -hmm. Like it would have been much cheaper had we just bought these machines outright rather than leasing them. Want to explain that? Yeah, that's true. Um, so for each machine, they are $25,000. But if we lease them for five years... Um, each, excuse me, each video lottery terminal is $2,500, $25,000. Why do I keep doing that? That's okay. <laughs> Thank you for We're doing me. an early morning podcast today. <laughs> and yes, I, I love mornings and my, my wife is not such a morning person sometimes, <laughs> but you were at the state house late 
last That's night true. working on stuff. Six so. hours in committee, and I went to bed about one o'clock, um, twelve o'clock in the morning. So, right. but explain the leasing versus like, would this be more? Would if this have been a better deal had we just bought the machines? Yeah. Um, so we would be paying thirty five thousand uh dollars so we we are overpaying for the machines yeah it's an overpayment of almost eleven thousand dollars per machine um and there are something like five thousand machines right so and you, we're doing this for 20 years right so you do the math on that hundreds of millions oh, of dollars right eleven thousand dollars per machine multiply that by five thousand and then now multiply this out over 20 year span um, taxpayers are on the hooks for, like you said, absolutely millions, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. I'll leave that for the mathematicians to sort out. Um, all right. So in, in closing thoughts here, why do you think this is so important? If you, um, if, if someone had, has already fallen asleep to this podcast because <laughs> the budget puts them to sleep or they don't care about casinos and they don't care about IGT, yeah. they don't know what that is. Why would you say that? we really do need to be paying attention and even contacting our loan. That's a great question. I love it because um, every year we talk about raising taxes there at the state house because we need revenue for X, Y, and Z. And, you know, it's true that we want better schools and we want better infrastructure and, you know, we're, we have problems at Zamborano. We want to take care of the veterans, DCYF, all of these things. And these are all legitimate and their needs in the state and they deserve a piece of the budget, but it makes it so difficult for us to pay for these essential services when we commit ourselves to deals like these. Right. Especially over 20 years. I yeah. mean, talk about a deal that will handicap and hinder future generations. We're talking 20 years down the line. That's our kids will be 30 in their thirties right. by the time this deal confuses their own and they're tiny. They're yeah. in elementary school right now. So that's, um, that's alarming. And I would encourage folks, you know, pay attention to this and ask your lawmaker where they stand in this and why they would, they, they would agree to vote for a, a deal that is 20 years, no bid. And clearly, clearly, uh, has problems even in the details, in the minutia of it. Even, you know, forget the big picture stuff. If you like the big picture, that's great. But if you wanted to drill down into the details, they're not honoring. It sounds like they're the job mandate. They're not um, uh, giving us a, a fair deal on these uh, VLTs, video uh, lottery terminals. Yeah. And, um, and there are other problems with this bill when it comes to, you know, how much we're, how much the taxpayer is actually making. Yeah, I know this is not really completely related to the topic, but last night in committee, I love what Senator Chacon did. He was asking about these two organizations, um, about $150,000 hmm. that he had asked them to commit to education for young people about gambling. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to pony up the $150,000. They're making millions and millions and millions. And wow. he just left it out there, gave him the awkward silence. And he's like, so nobody's going to pony up the $150,000 to teach children about, you know, wow. responsible gambling. Wow. And he's like, all right, okay, I see. So, you know, I just don't think that they're really being um, good neighbors, good friends to Rhode Island. Right. All right. Well, hey, thanks for sticking, uh, staying in there with us. I know this was a, maybe a tough one if you weren't interested in this kind of topic, but uh, but I do hope that this informed you and helped you at least understand it and why 
Jessica and I are opposed to it and hope that other lawmakers and sensible people join us in that opposition. All right. Have a great day. God bless you. Stick around for the uh, closing quote. Today's closing quote comes from author Ken Perot. Where there is power, greed, and money, there is corruption. Thanks again for listening. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, help us by subscribing and sharing these episodes. And for more content, check out churchandstateri.com. 